Welcome to the Jeffers Brief, only on Contra Radio Network. Hello, Intelligentsia. John Jeffers here on the Jeffers Brief. Branding you another fun-filled episode. Hope you enjoyed the bonus episode from last week. Well, you know, last week or the last two weeks or two episodes, I've been talking about this guy, Bob Heilman. Bob Heilman is co-creator of a show on Showtime, which is owned by CBS. And he's talking about how 30 million Americans, conservatives, Trumpians, Republicans, think it's okay to use political violence to get what they want. 30 million of us, by the way. And they're coming. They're going to do it. It was dumb enough that he said it. What's even dumber is that Newsweek has picked up on it, too. Has it ever occurred to these boneheads and everyone else, in, whether it's in the Georgetown cocktail circuit, or on the upper west side of Manhattan at their dinner parties. How are 30 million Americans going to seize power? Do a coup! Insurrection! The sky is falling! While it may be true, 30 million Americans do own firearms, I'm, I, I am one, I have several, as are many of you listeners out there, watchers here at the uh, Jeffers Brief. And I'm thinking to myself, have these boneheads even thought about logistics? Yes, it's true. We probably have some ammunition stocked up. However, during combat operations or insurrection operations or civil war operations, Civil War 2.0, ammunition is going to get used up real fast. Now, I don't know, and I can't speak for 30 million other Americans who supposedly think this is okay to do. Me, myself, I would just assume that we live by the Constitution. But, be that as it may, how are 30 million Americans who are supposed to be involved in some kind of coup attempt going to resupply ammunition, food, water, clothing, medical supplies, and everything else that goes in to this kind of an act? Well, I'm pretty sure once any type of armed conflict starts, FedEx, UPS, DHL, Amazon, they're all going to stop delivering to those sites, to those locations, geographic locations, after all. I mean, we ought to get our ammunition somewhere, right? Now, that doesn't presuppose that military units would join in. I, I don't know. I Today's military, I just don't know. Because so many, if if what we see 
and the Pentagon, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, who are more worried about their, their politics and their golden parachute for when they leave the military to become professional lobbyists. I just don't know about the officer corps from the Joint Chiefs of Staff on down. I don't know if they even believe in the Constitution anymore. Sure, yes, we all swore. We all swore. We took an oath. We took an oath. We are going to, you know, pr protect and defend the Constitution of the United States by all enemies, foreign and domestic. And therein lies the rub. Who's the domestic enemy? Those that want to overthrow the Constitution or those that want to keep living by it. Got to parse these things. So anyways, I just thought I'd bring up just like, these guys don't, and, and, and the thing of it is this, they're going to start by, I mean, here's the playbook. They said, oh, we're going to start talking about this and we're going to do that and we'll get it. You know, and before you know it, those morons in the at the whorehouse on Capitol Hill will start babbling about it and next thing you know, all the liberal media is screaming how 30 million Americans are going to do it. They're going to come for us. We have to get rid of it. Which is really fun because at the uh, cocktail parties and the dinner parties, yeah, it's very easy for them to say, well, well, we should just make them do it. And how are they going to do that? Oh, that's right. It won't be them. They will have their useful idiots do it for them. I mean, they don't want to get their soft, silky hands dirty or roughed up. After all, we have dinner parties and cocktail parties to attend to. Hello. So anyways, I just thought I'd bring that up. Now, other hands, my daughter, she's back home, you know, in the United States here, and... She says, Dad, I want to go. I don't want gifts. I want to do memorable experience. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go shooting. I just, you know, I said, you know, I still have to order up some ammunition. So last night, bulkammo.com, you have the ammunition I need to uh, take my daughter shooting. So I ordered up like I don't know, 600 rounds, various, you know, nine millimeter and 40 caliber. She has a, a six hour nine millimeter. I have a Sig Sauer 40 cal, and um, I'm a big Sig Sauer guy, just so you know. So she says, well, I haven't been shooting in a while. I said, it's okay. I said, you know, first things are we have to work on some other things for you. You know how to shoot. Now we're going to, I'm going to teach you how to work on uh, speed and accuracy. She goes, what's that? I said, you'll find out when we go shooting. Well, how much does it cost to go shooting, Dad? I don't, you know. And I said, I've never asked you to pay for when we go to the shooting range. I've always done it, and I always will. So I'm thinking about, well, should I teach her about it? I thought, well, should I teach her about the tactical reload? And I thought, well, I, I'm not a believer in the tactical reload. I am not. I think it's a solution in search of a problem. Anyway, I figured, well, I will expose her to it and tell her why I think it's a bad idea with that said. So, 
that's what I'm doing with my daughter. Well, I plus, you know, plus her birthday is on the, you know, Cubs within a week of Christmas. So it's like, yeah, I feel like, yeah, anybody who has a birthday within a week or two of Christmas, you have my sympathies. I'm sure as a parent of one of those children, I, we did not plan it that way. It just happened. So with that said, with that said, you, uh, you know where I'm going with it. All right. It appears that one of our longtime listeners is going to get her own radio show out in Washington State. I just found out today. So I'll pass that information along as it becomes available. In the meantime, we have other things we must speak of. Now, a few preppers out there, this is from the economic collapse. And, they, and, it, and you know what? It's interesting. I wanted to share it with you. Why? Because it's important. Michael Snyder at the economic collapse. Thank you. It's very good. I like it. And the title is, this is going to be a really dark winter for both America and the entire planet. So enjoy the times that we're able to spend with family and friends now because things are starting to get really crazy out there. The official beginning of winter is upon us. That's tonight. And just in time, there's a frightening new COVID variant that is scaring the living daylights out of politicians all over the planet. Of course, those deeply frightened politicians are going to respond to this new threat just like they have responded to every other chapter of this crisis so far. They're going to spend even more money because throwing money at things helps. They're going to relentlessly promote the injections that the big pharmaceutical companies are pushing, and they're going to impose more absurd authoritarian measures. Needless to say, that means that this is going to be a really bad winter for the entire globe. Now, my friends, as you know, I live outside Chicago in the tyranny state of Illinois. So, Yes, right now we saw in the news this morning, restaurant owners, bar owners, they're gearing up to be shut down again. They just can't think they can make it. Well, the way I see it is this. Cook County has always been a Democratic bastion. You put these fools in charge, you voted for them, so you suffer the consequences of your actions. Am I saying that they all voted for Democrats? No, but obviously a majority did. So you get what you vote for. So on Monday, the Biden administration stunned people all over the country when it promised a winter of severe illness and death for those that have declined to get vaccinated. Now the following comes from the official White House website for the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. So our message to every American is clear. There is action you can take to protect yourself and your family. Wear a useless mask in public indoor settings. Get vaccinated, get your kids vaccinated, and get a booster shot when you're eligible. Have we ever seen such a bizarre statement come out of the White House? 
Those words are seething with contempt for those that refuse to do what Biden wants them to do, despite the fact that during the election, he and Camel Toe Harris have sat there and screamed they weren't going to take any vaccinations if Donald Trump made it. So shortly after the statement was released, critics of Biden started firing back. For example, this is what Tim Murtaugh had to say on Twitter. Going into the year of the midterm elections, the Biden White House has settled on its slogan. A winter of severe illness and death. Sounds like a winner. Actually, it's quite likely that we see a tremendous amount of illness and death this winter, but it won't be in the places that Biden is expecting. Just look what is happening in New York City. Even though the vast majority of the city is fully vaccinated, New York has broken its single-day case record for four days in a row. New York State's vaccinated health commissioner tested positive for COVID-19 via a rapid test, marking yet another breakthrough case as the Big Apple battles a record-breaking viral surge. Governor Kathy Hochul said Monday as she acknowledged the open seat next to her, Dr. Mary T. Bassett has also gotten her booster. News of the positive test for the state's leading health official came the same day the Empire State broke its own single-day pandemic case record for a fourth straight day, with Holchel reporting nearly 23,400 new cases overnight. The lion's share of those infections come from New York City, where over 15,000 people tested positive, up nearly 50% since Friday. Now, as Omicron spreads very rapidly in New York and elsewhere, spooked investors are starting to dump their stocks. Now, Monday, the Dow was down another 433 points. And as Monday, last Monday continued last week's losses as the rapid spread of the Omicron variant continues to worry investors who fear the new surge could hamper economic growth. You're damn right it is. Those idiot, these idiots will, will shut down the economy again. <sighs> the Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 433 points or 1.23% while the S&P 500 index and NASDAQ composite index declined 1.14% and 1.24% respectively. So at sessions lows, the Dow was down 699.94 points or 1.98%. If the fear of Omicron continues to grow, this will be very bad news for the financial markets. Meanwhile, Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo is warning that Omicron could make the worst supply chain crisis in U.S. history even worse. It's way too soon to tell, she says, but I do worry because we know people are afraid to go to work. No, they're not afraid to go to work. Raimondo told CNN during an interview at her Washington office, it appears that a fresh wave of inflation is now upon us. Thank you. Thank you, morons. Lumber prices are on the cutting edge of the last wave, and they're starting to go absolutely nuts once again. So futures for January delivery ended Friday at $1,089.10 per thousand board feet, twice the price for a prompt delivery in mid-November. Cash prices are way up as well. Pricing service Random Links said that in its framing composite index, which tracks on-the-spot sales, has jumped 65% since October to $915, a 
$129 gain this week was the biggest on record, eclipsing a $124 jump in May, with lumber prices crested at all-time highs. In the midst of such high inflationary environment, the Democrats wanted to pass the Build Back Better bill and spend another gigantic mountain of money. Thankfully, Senator Joe Manchin has chosen to vote against this ridiculous bill, and that is going to prevent it from getting through Congress. Now notice, staffers in the White House has slipped the leash off their little puppy dogs to go protest and try to intimidate Senator Manchin from West Virginia. Senator Manchin has already come out and said, you're not going to bully me, and that's the way it is. Well, they don't like that, because they want you to be afraid. They want him to get tired of, of being protested to and against and the whole nine yards. So he just gives in and says, just stop it. I give up already. He already said, you're not going to bully me and I'm not going to change. <clears throat> now, when asked about his vote, this is how he responded. I've done everything possible and you know my concerns I had. And I still have these concerns and where I'm at right now, the inflation, but the inflation that I was concerned about is not transitory, it's real. It's harming every West Virginian, making it difficult for them to continue to go through their jobs. The cost of gasoline, groceries, utility bills, and all these things are hitting in every aspect of their life. He added, if I can't go home and explain to the people of West Virginia, I can't vote for it. I cannot vote to continue for this piece of legislation. I just can't. I've tried everything possible and I can't get there. I never thought I'd be thankful for Joe Manchin, and I hope that he continues to maintain his courageous stand. But of course, other governments all over the globe continue to recklessly borrow and spend money that is likely to accelerate in 2022. We are really on the verge of a historic global economic nightmare, and I really like how Egon Vagreas recently summarized what is about to hit us. He says, the moral message is that when chaos hits, the destruction will affect everyone, rich and poor, young and old. No one will escape by power or devotion. The financial, economic, and moral devastation, which is about to hit the world, will for more than 99.5% of the people will come out of the blue like a flash from a clear sky. For most people, the coming events will thus be like the definition of the word chaos, a state of total confusion and disorder. Most people blindly trusted that our leaders knew what they were doing. Ha! But they didn't, and now they're headed into a time of extreme bitterness for the entire planet. If we would have made much more different choices, things could have turned out much differently. Unfortunately, now we have to live with the consequences of our decisions, and they will be very painful indeed. Some of you have heard about Minneapolis wanting to defund their police department. Well, Ilhan Omar is once again locked in her own planet. The only strategy that supporters of defunding the police have amid the surge in crimes and homicides is to ignore reality. Everything's fine. Don't worry about that iceberg we just hit. It's okay. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yes. So Democratic Representative Ilhan Omar is...
by definitively asserting that it is not. But that would be news to residents of Minneapolis who sit in Omar's district and have witnessed a stab. number of a woman was shot and killed earlier this week in Minneapolis marking the city's 92nd homicide this year that's it only 92 you people in in 2019 the city saw just 48 homicides the city's record for homicides is 97 from in 1995. That year it was dubbed Murderopolis. The problem is so bad that the city council, an early champion of the movement to defund the police, voted not to abolish its police department and ended the year by restoring the department's funding. But Omar can't acknowledge the violence their constituents are being forced to tolerate because that would require her to answer for why she advocated for abolishing the Minneapolis Police Department. Just as New York Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, the ass of Congress, has downplayed crime. All Omar can do is lie and hope that people don't notice the chalk outlines in the street. Minneapolis is in its second year of surging homicides in part because its spineless leaders listen to delusional activists such as Omar. Omar and other Minneapolis Democrats demonize their own police officers. Omar herself lied about the first officer-involved shooting since George Floyd's murder, which tacitly endorsed rioters and stripping the police department of resources needed to maintain law and order. Now, Omar is a remarkably unserious person, but residents of Minneapolis chose her to represent them, and now they get to live with the consequences. Maybe this time around, they will ask themselves why their congresswoman doesn't care about the surge in violence they are experiencing. Which brings me to another, Officer Potts. She was up there in Minneapolis. She's the one that shot, I believe it was uh, Mr. Wright on a traffic stop. Meant to taser him. And I talked about this like within a week after it happening. Meant to taser him, grabbed her service weapon as opposed to the taser, pulled the trigger. I said then that this will fall on the department and it will fall on that particular officer. And my reasoning is this. When I was working the streets, our department was pretty smart about a lot of things, looking back on it. And I have to tell you, because both of the, the taser and the service weapon both have hand grips, and if you're in a stre high stress situation, you're watching what's going on in front of you. So you reach down thinking you have one weapon when in fact you may not have another, which is what happened in this case. Our, my department, the sheriff's office, put in policy. Do not and will not allow to have the taser either located in on a holster in front of your service weapon or behind your service weapon. You may put the taser on your vest, your vest cover, up here, 
or you could put it on your left side, your weak hand. Do not, or you could put it on your belt, away, on the other side, away from your service revolver or pistol, as the case may be. So when this happened, I said, and, and I, I told my wife, we were sitting there, I said, I said, I'll tell you what happened. She went to reach for a taser and mistook her firearm grip, pistol grip, for her taser pistol grip. And because it was a high stress situation, she didn't realize what she was doing. And you know what? She did yell, taser, taser, taser. That's correct training. So her training kicked in. What didn't kick in was apparently, now, and I don't know the, her department's policy at the time. I'm sure it's changed now, but I don't know what it was then. And if they did have that policy and her superiors, her command officers allowed her to continue wearing that taser like she did, then it's on them. So that's my speech for that. Something, this is, okay, Patriots, preppers, listen up. Spokane, Washington. What a bunch of crap they are. And, but then again, they voted for the progressives. You get what you vote for. Enjoy your consequences. Came out December 17th. No vax, no food. Spokane Christmas Food Pantry requires proof of vaccination or COVID test to get food. You will show your paperwork or you cannot be allowed to participate in society. In Spokane, they're turning people away from the Christmas Bureau food assistance. People in need have to show proof of COVID-19 vaccination or proof of a negative COVID test no more than 72 hours old. If you don't have the vax or show proof of a COVID test, you are turned away. So when you're hungry, the last thing you're thinking about is a COVID vax. And the Christmas Bureau is an annual holiday assistance program coordinated by the Catholic Charities Eastern Washington, Volunteers of America, and the Spokesman Review. The, the program is made possible by generous monetary funds and volunteer hours donated by community members and organizations. How long will it take for other progressive organizations around the country to come up with something similar? <clears throat> what else have we got here? Ah, ABC News is at it again. Yes, yes, yes. ABC News from the Washington Examiner says, hey, have distorted history and facts to defend Joe Biden's stalled agenda. Beckett Adams, thank you. Now, ABC News wants you to believe a lone U.S. senator is solely responsible for setting back President Joe Biden's multi-trillion, that's T with trillion, dollar climate and social spending bill. This is true so long as you ignore the other 51 lawmakers opposing the measure. A single senator is about to seriously set back an entire presidential agenda, ABC reported Friday, in a breaking news alert. Its report titled, 
power of one. Manchin is singularly halting Biden's agenda, states. And an extraordinary display of political power. In the evenly split 50-50 Senate, a single senator is about to seriously set back an entire presidential agenda. Now, doesn't that sound like, sound like some kind of a movie trailer, a teaser? Can you spot the problem with ABC's framing? It's right there. That's right there. Manchin is solely responsible for stalling Biden's spending bill. Only if you ignore more than half of the U.S. Senate. Is there a good reason we're pretending most senators don't exist, as if their votes apparently don't matter, and this is all on Manchin? This feels less like a hard news report and more like regurgitated White House talking points designed to pressure a Democratic senator. Wouldn't we be shocked at that? Oh. Manchin's actions throw Democrats into turmoil at a time when families are struggling against the prolonged COVID-19 virus and Biden's party needs to convince voters heading toward the 2022 election that their unified party control of Washington can keep his campaign promises, ABC reports. Really? Okay, that's a little too obvious here, guys. We get it. The staff of ABC News really, really, really wants Manchin to be a good Democrat and push the bill over the top. No, this isn't news reporting. This, even, this isn't even a decent characterization of the current power struggle on Capitol Hill, also known as Whore Hill. Remember, Manchin isn't the only senator who's withholding his vote. There are 50 or 51 other lawmakers in his corner. For that matter, this isn't even a decent characterization of how the Senate works. Manchin is in Congress's upper chamber to represent the interest of his state. He's not there, as ABC suggests, to work for Biden to shepherd the president's domestic agenda through Congress. There's a reason the legislative branch is separate from the executive branch. West Virginians happen to despise this president and his agenda. Is Manchin really behaving that much out of character to begin with? Manchin is doing his job. Biden is trying to do his job. They are separate jobs, and at times they are at odds. This is how the relationship between the executive and the legislative branches work. That Manchin and Biden have yet to find common ground on the spending bill isn't some failure on the senator's part. If anything, it's a failure on the president's part. Oh, no, no, no. How bad. Too bad. So when you hear them screeching about Manchin and Manchin this, Manchin that, uh, well, so we got here, which is fun. This is kind of interesting. You know, Russia is threatening war unless the U.S. abandons Eastern NATO allies. And this is really stupid. I don't know who the hell said this in Biden's administration, but they need to be bitch slapped. Russian President Vladimir Putin, Putin, President Vladimir Putin will bear the blame for Russian soldiers coming home in body bags if he orders a new invasion of Ukraine. President Joe Biden's administration said in response to the Kremlin's latest high-stakes maneuver. That's their response. 
I'm telling you now, the Biden administration does not have a foreign policy, nor have they have they had. I would even, I would be hard pressed to tell you what the hell their domestic policy is, much less their foreign policy. <clears throat> the Russian people don't need a war with Ukraine, a senior administration official told reporters Friday. They don't need their sons coming home in body bags. They don't need another foreign adventure. So we hope that President Putin will take this opportunity for diplomacy and will also listen to the needs of his own people. Now that stark warning followed the release of a draft treaty proposal from Moscow that Russian officials portray as a resolution to the standoff, which has intensified as Russian forces amass near Ukraine's borders. Yet the Russian document demands not only that NATO promise never to admit Ukraine to the alliance, but it also goes so far as to demand the removal of U.S. and Western European forces from Central and Eastern Europe, a rollback that would amount to the practical breakup of NATO. It's not even valid to consider it, a Baltic official told the Washington Examiner on condition of anonymity. If a country wants to leave NATO, then of course, it's a sovereign decision by any democratic country. It's not a decision that's up to Russia. Now, Russian Deputy Foreign Minister Sergei Rybakov urged U.S. officials to regard the Russian proposals with the utmost seriousness to mitigate the risk of violence. The global situation remains rather tense and it is our best interest to find ways to resolve this, he said, per state media. We are interested in peace and stability on the European continent. Russian President Putin has repeatedly stated that we do not need conflicts. U.S. officials, like NATO more broadly, maintain that the risk of conflict is emanating from Russia. We remain gravely concerned at the large, unprovoked Russian buildup on Ukraine's borders. The senior administration official said, if there is any further aggression against Ukraine, that will have massive consequences and will carry a high price. Putin describes the ascension of countries such as Poland and Estonia as a security threat and a violation of a decades-old promise not to expand NATO. Such a promise was never made, according to Western officials and former Soviet Union President Mikhail Gorbachev and NATO leaders counter in any case that countries join the organization in search of protection against a possible Russian invasion. Let's think here. Someone has to ask the Biden White House if the Russians invade Ukraine, will the U.S. step in with troops? Would they do that to help Taiwan to fend off mainland China? I don't know. This stance doesn't help, uh, Ryabikov said Friday. We put forward proposals, the other side puts forward ultimatums, and dangerous activities being continued under the pretext of these ultimatums, which has a negative impact on our security interest. We just can't tolerate it any longer. The latest Russian proposal calls for withdrawal of U.S. and Western military forces from several NATO member states. The Russian Federation and all parties that were member states of NATO as of 27 May 1997, respectively, shall not deploy military forces and weaponry on the territory of any other states in Europe, in addition to the forces stationed on that territory as of 27 May 1997. Doesn't that sound like a typical government bullshit? Just the way it's worded. 
That date, which marks the signing, which marked the signing of the NATO-Russian Founding Act, predates two rounds of NATO expansion. Thus, the new Russia proposal would deprive ten countries that joined NATO after gaining independence from the fallen Soviet Union of Allied military presence. There are no different layers of security among NATO member states, said the Baltic official, whose country is one of seven that joined NATO in 2004. It goes against NATO principles and probably even the NATO treaty, so it can't even be on the negotiating table. Biden's team likewise faulted Russia for making unserious proposals. There are some things in those documents that the Russians know will be unacceptable. The senior administration official said, they know that, but there are other things that we are prepared to work with, and that merits some discussion. So there you go. They said, they, I, I don't think for a moment that the Biden administration has any idea what their foreign policy is or what their aim is. So, and that's, oh, now Christmas is uh, Saturday, I think. Yes, Saturday. So Merry Christmas to you out there here in the United States and around the globe that do listen to Contrario Network. Thank you for listening. Have a good Christmas. Make sure you get what you need to get. In terms of your food supplies and whatnot for the beginning of the new year, because we all know prices are going up. It ain't getting any better. So, with that said, Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. Prep now. Live tomorrow. Have an American day. Even if you don't live in the United States, have an American day anyways. We'll see you next week. Unless, no, we'll see you next week. Unless I decide to do another bonus episode because I feel like it. I don't know. We'll find out. All right, until then, later.